Hey guys, future uh, Mike here, just letting you know that this episode does talk about the events of the past week and the world in general. Uh, I want to give a content warning. We don't get too graphic or anything like that, but we are talking about school shootings and how we fill and the state of the world. So if that is not something that you're prepared to listen to, just stop us at the end of the Maverick discussion. We'll we'll give you we'll give you fair warning. So just stop us there uh, because we start with Maverick and we love the movie and it's a great fucking conversation. But I want to give everybody a heads up. Good morning, Liam. Good morning. Are we recording? We are. <laughs> Mike, I think I think Vice has lost it. Well, what no, no, Liam, no. Come on, he, he is not. He's lost it. He's lost it, Mike. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm here. You're not Vice, singing. You never close your eyes anymore. When when I oh, kiss oh, your lips. Oh, come on. Put your back into it. You never close your eyes. All right, take two. When <laughs> I think you should be you should take it and then we'll go. <laughs> oh my god. It, it ended up being it ended up being too real when I looked into his eyes. I was like, whoa, I just <laughs> <laughs> I have that effect. <laughs> this is so cool. Oh my god. That oh, that's so cool. Here it's we like, are. Uh, when Beyonce put her uh, 
old uh, old video uniform one for the Coachella thing. It still fits. Still fits, <laughs> baby. Still fits. Although Cruz still looks better than me at sixty, and I'm I'm forty. I was like, Jesus Christ. Well, you look better at forty than you at thirty. So yeah. You know. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's Action for Everyone for this here, May 29th, 2022. I am joined by uh, our favorite Maverick cosplayer, Liam O'Donnell, who is looking very dashing in his flight suit today. Uh, hey, everybody. I'm very excited to talk about the uh, the best legacy sequel in a long time, <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. And uh, also joined on uh, this Memorial Day weekend by our 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 own our own our own vet, Vice Victus, buddy. How are you today? Uh, happy Memorial Day, quote unquote. <laughs> what a fucked up thing to say. I gotta tell you before we start. I gotta, you know, I've been going around, you know, uh, around the city, just kind of relaxing, chilling out. So of course, it's a big weekend. Everybody's out doing stuff. So when I find that I'm a veteran, I either do a conversation or to see my idea or something or my credit card even. Happy Memorial Day. And the joke has always been, it's not, it's not really a happy day, but that's like, what else are you supposed to fucking say, you know? <laughs> like, 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 sorry for your loss. Oh, God, as soon as that, I'm just, I'm just trying to get a bite. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, we were we were talking about that before. we Because I, I like, Don ironically said Happy Memorial Day when Vice jumped on and he started laughing. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's but but what can you say? You get, you know what you can say this weekend? Thank you for your service, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always feel awkward, but my dad always says that to, to vets. And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of got in a habit of saying uh, in reply, thank you for your support. But then I always kind of get them to go to the long spiel about, you know, the, the military industrial complex <laughs> or whatever the fuck. Uh, but no, it's you support um, the war on terror. That's the, you always get yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, I see, I see a good thing for today. Cause uh, we're going to talk about, you know, we talked about script watching. We talked about, um, the relationship between the uh, media and, and our culture. So today's episode, I think, is going to be a really great thing to get into that um, with, with today's movie, now that affects everything around it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so yeah, fuck it. Let's just get into it. Uh, hey, guys, Top Gun Maverick came out this weekend. Um, I fucking loved it. Uh, as always, we will we will talk a little bit for a few minutes, spoiler free, and then I will give notice and we will go into spoilers because I absolutely want to spoil the shit out of this movie. Although unlike some other movies, like when we talked about Doctor Strange, I'll get into it, but it's kind of spoiler proof. Uh, part of its elegance is that it, it it does exactly what you expect it to do. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, but, uh, but first and foremost, Liam, you uh, obviously flipped shit for it too. Cause I saw all your tweets. Uh, so initial thoughts. Uh, yeah. I, I was really lucky. Um, the skylines editor, Barrett Heathcote is uh, in the uh, BAFTA. And I think because it was a, you know, it's a Tony Scott kind of tribute. They did a big IMAX screening at uh, century city. So I got to see it Monday night, which um, ended up being like so grateful because it was before the week had such a terrible turn. Uh, and so I was in just like a, a really prime headspace. And I also think I didn't I hadn't seen Kaczynski's previous movie, Only the Brave. I'd only seen Tron Legacy and Oblivion. And so I was like expecting it to be really great visuals. 
I was not expecting it to have so much humanity. And so I think like, you know, it's expectations going in, like think about on paper, how terrible this movie should be. It should be the saddest, like most pathetic thing that this guy is 60 years old and he's going back to reprise this role that launched him as a movie star. It's like, it, it, it should, it should kind of in theory be a, a belly flop and just kind of feel pathetic or whatever. And the fact that it was like, there was so much care brought into it. And frankly, I think from Cruz's standpoint, like such a great performance, almost to the point that, you know, people criticize the Mission Impossible movies. I love them, but they criticize that like Ethan Hunt isn't, there's not much to that character. There's not much distinction. And it's like, it's just crazy that in two movies, like Maverick is just so, he's so fully formed in this one. And he felt like he has such like a lived in history and experience that you get from right at the beginning that it was like, oh man, like he, it, it was definitely, I felt like a, another level in, in a master class of movie star acting that, um, that he even, even, even surpassing what Cruz does or has been doing for the past decade in the Mission Impossible movies. So there, there, there was just so much of my expectations of like, if this movie were half as good, I would really like it. But it was just kind of over-delivered for me across the board on almost every category of the filmmaking. So I, I really was uh, floored and had like, uh, you know, tears streaming down my face, like from pretty much the, like the, the first shot that goes over Ed Harris at the beginning. I was like, oh. and I was, just, I, I was, it was movie church for me. So yeah, obviously. <laughs> nice. You were, you were, you still really liked it, but you were, you did have some criticisms. So your, your kind of initial thoughts and criticisms. Yeah. Uh, so I think overall, like the, uh, for sure, this is like one hell of a, like it's a pure um, visceral cinematic experience. This is like high level. This is, this is like, like you said, masterclass stuff. Like, you know, they're not making like this no more as people say, you know, like, uh, and I think, you know, uh, the realism, the, the literal real jets and stuff go along a huge way compared to stuff we normally get in blockbusters nowadays. Um, but and so just just that just the raw thrill alone puts it on top of movies this year, any to begin with. Um, so but afterwards, after, after going there, you know, I, I thought to myself, that was great. But I, I in my head, I was like, hmm, was that kind of all there was to it? Which is weird to say, but like you know. But then you know, as we think about it, and as you're saying that this, this could have gone wrong so many ways and it didn't at all. It, it totally uh, uh, missed miss any pitfalls. But also, um, you know, in, in the realm of uh, legacy sequels and remakes, reboots, and so forth, it's already so up high on that list, you know, as we get to, we get to details in a minute, but, uh, you know, things like uh, Blade Runner 249, Creed, you know, it's it's immediately up there with those, like, this This is how, if there's, if these things have to be done, this is how you do it. And so, you know, like just uh, just appreciating over the overall kind of success of what it's able to do, despite some, I wouldn't even say nitpicks, Mr. This is things that, um, you know, like, uh, like if, if I had to like randomly rank these, you know, maybe number three to number five of the recent remakes, but you know, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing overly bad to me about it. Um, just things that I, you know, other things that I could have thought it might have gone differently, but still at the end of the day, like I said, this was the best, probably the best possible version of it. And there's no, there's no missteps. It's, it's all like done whatever, whatever it is doing, aiming to do, does it so fucking well. You have to respect that. Even if, even if you hated the first Top Gun at all, if, to begin with, you know, even if you like, uh, considered, you know, hokey, cheesy propaganda, whatever the fuck, like this takes that, that, uh, that mold of elements 
and makes a, a, a kind of a, almost another, another level to that thing. It's just really impressive. Impressive. See what it did. So yeah, yeah. Overall, had a great time. Yeah. You know, I um, so I rewatched obviously this week Top Gun and also Days of Thunder. Um, and I saw I saw Maverick twice and. What really grabbed me about Maverick, but also something that, you know, I'm in a, I'm well on record being a diehard Tony Scott fan, but something that I think I, I noticed and felt this week that I've never really felt before was, uh, and maybe it is a little bit because of all the conversation about not to bring it up again, but all the conversation about how much everybody loves the brotherhood and RRR and, and why that is how fucking great Tony Scott is at like John Woo esque manly bonding in his movies. Like both Top Gun and Days of Thunder were just so. I enjoyed both movies more this week than I think I've ever enjoyed them in my life. And I have seen both of them, you know, 50 times. And part of that was, I think, also the high from Maverick because. Maverick nails that same tone. I mean, it really does. It doesn't look like a Tony Scott movie as much. I mean, the movie looks beautiful, but boy, does it feel like a fucking Tony Scott movie. Like McQuarrie and Kosinski and Cruz really, really just dialed right in on that vibe, that that energy that Tony Scott uh, could always bring to his movies. And so, yeah, Liam, you mentioned there were tears streaming down your, I didn't even make it through the fucking opening credits. Like, like <laughs> when they, when they, you know, this is a minor spoiler, but you know, they replicate the opening of the original in the opening credits. And I was already <laughs> fucking done. Like, yeah, and the music done. hits, it's like, done. And as soon as the toe did, I was like, uh, uh, it was, it, it was transformative. And yeah. Uh, uh you know, it, I think it's been, really annoying to see people shit on the first movie to elevate this one. So I, 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 I think that's really annoying, but at the same time, when I see people be like, uh, you know, a little bit like what you're saying vice about like, what's to like, was I expecting more? It's like the first movie is like 12 minutes of take your breath away, like scores yeah. the middle of this movie. Like, <laughs> like it, it is like, it, it is a music video in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like it yeah. Is so um you know visual and sonic and it, it's it's so i don't know when i when when i hear that i'm like wait did you expect top gun to be like something else this is top gun so i i just that 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 kind of i don't know i, I didn't i didn't get that uh as a criticism as a as a to be something more i mean it's a very um they're both very very elemental stories that are just done at the really high level of craftsmanship and the great thing, obviously, is that, um, you know, the, the the first one is just what they were doing was so groundbreaking at the time with the, that photography of, of the real jets. But I remember, I think, Mike, you you posted about how the editors, you know, really had to piece together some stuff that, you know, you're not 100 percent sure of what they were working with. Right. It's like it, and, and now what you're able to do in, in the, the, you know, the, the way that the the dogfights are filmed is definitely a leap in technology and it and so it is it does like it, it was worth going back it's like sometimes you do these sequels that you know we don't even make movies as good as they did back then so why are you even doing this um you know you could even say some of that stuff with with the the fact that um you know 
the other Scott brother, like that, you know, I, I like the Prometheus movies, but like, you know, I like the practical suits of alien and aliens better than the CG aliens that are in those Prometheus movies. So sometimes like you're going back, but it's not like, it, it's not hitting the way you want it to, because you kind of want a better version of the old stuff instead of like a brand new version. And I felt like this was doing a better version of the dog fights with, you know, better technology, better camera angles, uh, and, and obviously a lot of real photography that they just couldn't have done back then, or they weren't allowed to do back then. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I just thought that, that from a technical level alone, the exercise was worth it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, 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 uh, I just wanted to say, cause Vice, you brought it up, uh, Creed to me, Creed is the Creed is the bar, right? Creed is, in my opinion, the greatest legacy sequel that has ever been made. I think it's a perfect movie. I actually think, I don't know, maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. I think it's the best. It surpasses all the Rocky movies. I actually even like it better than Rocky. I, I just, no, I agree. I, I think it's a hot take probably, but like if you actually sit down and do the marathon, like the filmmaking in Creed is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. yeah I mean, Coogler just, you know, and for me, this, this is up there in that like every, same thing. Like if, if that's the bar, you got your, your Creed, your Blade Runner 2049. And, and I, I actually put Maverick above that, but I think those are, for me, those are the three that I think exceed the movies that they're, that they're, they're like, what about Fury Road? Is that like something in a different category? Because it's, it's, I don't I, know. I sort of consider Fury Road in a different category. Um, because, okay. Because it, yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Well, I'll say I, I do kind of because like uh even though it's how do I say it, maybe it's um structurally different insofar as it's not well, that's part of the mystique of Fear Road. We've got a tangent here, is that um you could see the movies themselves, the original ones, as these are tales told by the passersby of the specific figure. And so I think aesthetically or, or at least emotionally, uh Tom Hardy and Fiorosa, Fiorosa they they replicate that same feeling of here we're hearing the tales of these heroes by the people who say who they saved so i think it follows along closely enough in that uh that structure that it counts as that legacy sequel um not, not so much not so much that it's a different person but I, it's the, the the ongoing fable but nonetheless but uh so yeah you know fear road uh creed um and then uh in, in this case uh i kind of put it i put bad boys three in the kind of the same realm i think this one is a well maverick is at least a little bit above this one insofar as the character wise they've done all this crazy stuff and um and you actually feel you feel the the age of them you feel their weariness you feel um what all they've been through um yeah. so even though it's not quite as on par with the mayhem uh, as far as action goes you know they, they that for me bad boys three was the, the strongest part was from the core you know um uh, marcus you know crying to god that for a violent life to be spared if he, if he sees his friend you know he swears on the way you know like that kind of stuff and we see that in the movie too We'll get to this in a minute. You know, we see that kind of that resonance that that was that, that that yeah, and that wasn't that was a big part of me when you see this in Maverick, how they took the time to give it that extra resonance emotionally, not just with like a nostalgia and 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 um the sound beats and you know familiar shot for shot remake scenes, which is kind of kind of funny they did it, but you know you know why the football and the, and the volleyball, but then you know for the one you see why they you, you respect that they took the time to add that solid core to it all that makes that that elevates it so much more. 
action stars. I love. I love. I was gonna say I love in Bad Boys at the beginning is that the the uh, Will Smith dying his hair, just like actually addressing that was like yeah. such you know, like whoa, I loved it. Action stars <laughs> wrestling with their mortality is be quickly becoming one of my like favorite subgenres of action, and and Will has been doing that for quite a few movies, you know, uh, Gemini Man, obviously, yeah. um, but. Cruz kind of has too, you know, everybody keeps saying, oh, he's acting like he's still 30. And I'm like, did you actually watch Rogue Nation and Fallout? Because the entire through line of those two movies is that Ethan Hunt is getting too old to do this. And one of these days, you know, and he keeps he start he's fucking up in those movies like he makes mistakes <laughs> and stuff because he's getting old and. So this one, yeah, in terms of the way Mav is wrestling with both his legacy and his future, uh, God, it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like it, it just really, uh, I, I thought was, was so well done. And it was also for me, one of the, the first movies from Cruz I've seen in a while where he, like, I love the Mission Impossible movies. I love Tom Cruise. I love everything he does. But this is one of the first ones I've seen in a while where he didn't feel kind of like the weirdo robot alien that he's become lately. Like, he was so very obviously invested in this. Um, I want to talk about really quick one scene in particular. So I am going to say, folks, we are now going to transition to full spoilers. Uh, if you have not seen the movie based on the box office, I'm guessing y'all have because fucking everybody saw this movie, but spoilers in three, two, one. Um, the fucking scene with Iceman just, I, I, I just, I, I was fucking dead. I was dead. I, that, that scene killed me. I did know he was going to come back. I, I saw he in the trailers, you know, his pictures there. But I didn't know, I had voted spoilers for the most part, so I didn't know Val Kilmer would be an actual starring speaking speaking role. That, I, I was, oh man, Ooh, boy, that was some powerful shit, man. Ooh. I think that, that was my exact same experience, too. I just thought he was going to be a picture on the wall. So when he's there and, and he's not talking, and, it, and, and, and it's like, I mean, it's just the contrast to, to Iceman and, and the golden god that was, you know, Val Kilmer. Um, I'm still, I was, when I was rewatching it, I, I, this is like the weirdest thing ever that he does after goose is dead, when he goes behind him and he's like, <laughs> what is that? It's just like, he's, he's such a specifically strange guy. And I think that's why they, <laughs> they were such a dynamic, uh, pairing because they are both aliens, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it is it, it anyway, but yeah, to see him in, you know, in this uh, phase of his life battling throat cancer, I believe it's just like it's heavy. Um, but I love just the genuine love between the two of them that you fill in that scene. Like, like, like it, it just, it just emanates, you know, and, and that's one of the problems that a lot of people have with Cruz is especially post kind of the couch incident you know he doesn't really have chemistry with people anymore because he's 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 just but a you know we can talk about some of the other roles in this movie but that scene like they they look so fucking happy to be like working through real life shit 
in that scene. Um, I, I just, and then, and again, uh, perfect, you know, whether it's the script writers or Kosinski or Cruz, perfect, like punchline too of I saying, who's the better pilot, you or me and Mav saying, this is a good moment. Let's not ruin it. Like, <laughs> because, you know, because that scene is so heavy. And then to just, to give us that like release, um, it was it, it, to me that 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 scene is the encapsulation of everything the movie does perfectly um like that's that on the big scale is what this movie does yeah i think a lot has been said i think i've read so far that you know <clears throat> or even when you see yourself it's kind of very clear that um there's a very heavy metatextual part of the movie that you know it's tom it's pete mitchell maverick working through his uh coming coming over age or or coming to terms with his with his past and present, but also Tom Cruise, the actor, coming to terms with this new newfangled age or whatever. Yeah, he's that he's he's trying to uh he as an actor, as a producer, as a movie star, as the A-list man in Hollywood still, is trying to keep the dream of the classic sense of movies alive. And so he's doing it, you know, he's using the tools he has on hand now with new actors and technology. Um, you know, even even uh the 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 device of the re- reboot these, that we kind of are, we seem to be, ha- we have, are forced to have, even he's using all these, two, all this, this element, this climate of, of now to make this story better. He's using, he's using all tools given to him and improving upon them with his classic sense of, you know, bravura, old school Hollywood storytelling. And so in this scene, you know, with him and Val Kilmer, you know, it's like, you know, it's almost like, a, well, you know, and, and it's almost like talking to, Talking to a ghost? Valkyrie was alive. In real life, Valkyrie was alive. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but uh, it's almost like uh, the what is, the ghost of what could have been, you know, had Valkyrie, you know, he's had his kind of tumultuous career on his own because, again, he's a very strange duck, but that's part of his charm. And so he, he ne- but still, he never quite, you know, he, he's not Tom Cruise in the, in the regard of having that A-list, DA number one kind of um, um, status. But, you know, he has his own, his own respected career and people love him and so you see the here is the, the last here is the last living movie star talking to one of the final remnants of that era that he came from and the 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 revenant is telling him it's okay to let go you know like, like that's like in the to the character that be something but like to tom cruise it's like well it's just kind of strange thing because we, we're seeing him trying to keep the movies going with the new stuff rather than kind of give up or go to streaming or quit Hollywood. He's trying to keep it alive. And so it doesn't quite translate the same way as he let go of the movie, but he's like saying like, you don't have to, you know, like we don't have to be stuck in the past anymore. You can use these tools that we have now, these new actors, these technologies, you can keep going to the next level. You don't have to, we don't have to be stuck in the past anymore. That's a really powerful thing. Like as, as us knowing on a meta level, these two icons, and one of them saying, "Who's gone through? Well, he's gone through. It's okay. We can move to the future. You don't. You don't have to stay stuck in the past with me. It's okay. It's a really powerful thing, and, you know, and, and it's, it, that that kind of drives the rest of the movie. And I and I, I would I would assume whatever becomes next of Tom's career, as whatever he has next up his sleeve, to know that he he's kind of I think in some way confronted that. <clears throat> no, you know, and so like, uh, yeah, yeah. So all these that are meta levels are present in the film." And they speak to what's happening on the screen. And that may, and so, and I said before that um, there wasn't much to the movie, quote unquote. 
and like you mentioned before, the first movie really wasn't, you know, it's not a fucking, it's not Tolstoy, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not War and Peace or whatever. So, but, so they don't really have to do that here, but that most of the stuff was what jumps it up, you know? See, so yeah, I'm really glad they did that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Um, sorry, uh, Liam, go ahead. I, I totally cut you off there. No, I was just saying like every time, you know, every, every, 10 minutes we've got bum 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 like it's like where's the depth of the text here it's like come on it's beautiful people beautiful images like you know that that's really what what we're we're here for but uh i i wasn't really gonna go on too much more than that mike but i did love uh what vice said about the meta text of the movie because there is so much of it that that you're accessing with him i mean just talking about Tom Cruise's career a little bit, like it's weird for us because we grew up with him doing a little bit of everything, right? Like he was an action star, but then he'd also be, uh, you know, in stuff like A Few Good Men, like Oscar movies, dramas, comedies. He, he did everything. And then the past 10 years, he's kind of been siloed into this Mission Impossible world because he can make these huge movies, um, you know, with the Reacher films kind of uh, scattered in between. But it has been less of a of of the the full picture and so you know what people are i I saw there was one i think it was patrick willems was saying like this is you know perhaps his return to being uh in dramas uh later in life which you know you could just totally see uh speaking of legacy sequels like the color of money was one that obviously cruz did with paul newman but like there's definitely a whole paul newman phase still to be had in cruz's career like in stuff like the verdict and in color of money and things like that. Like he's definitely got so much left to give, I think uh, in dramatic roles. That's, uh, that's actually what I, I was going to say is it's, it's hard watching this one and then seeing the trailer for the new mission impossible and knowing that they're doing it, that it's a two part to not feel like he's kind of trying to, and this is pure speculation. I've got it, but that he's kind of trying to make his final statement on action with like these three movies and, and, and that, you know, because he said, this is the going to be the end of the, these two part, this two part is going to be the end of the mission impossible series too. And so it is kind of like, yeah, does he understand he can't keep killing himself? He can't keep trying to kill himself. And, uh, and so are we going to get dramatic Tom Cruise back? I would love it. You know, I would love, I miss romantic comedy, Tom Cruise. I was watching yeah. when I watched Days of Thunder, man, the the chemistry again, people kind of view him as this weirdo alien robot now. But he and Kidman, their fucking chemistry was just off the chart in that movie. And that immediately, of course, made me think of Risky Business and Jerry Maguire and and the other movies where he's just so fucking charming that one of the things i loved in maverick was everybody saying especially jennifer Connolly, saying, don't give me that look and we know exactly what fucking look it is because that motherfucker's smile is one of the most amazing things that has ever existed in cinema we yeah. know exactly what look yeah it, it, that, that those got huge laughs in in, in my screening like every time be like what look and he just kind of flashes it a little bit and uh that like I, I we talk it is it I think it is a masterclass in movie star acting because of one, I think Kaczynski does amazing portraits. He does great close-ups. Almost everybody on this 
uh, on set gets an amazing close up. Like I'm looking up the character's name because I couldn't remember him, but it's uh, Hondo. Bernie Coleman, like that guy, he doesn't get a lot of lines, but like he gets some amazing reaction shots to some of the key parts of the movie and they they have emotion. And it, it, I was talking with the editor friend of mine, um, Sean Albertson, this weekend about that and just how uh, we were talking about sports movies. And he was saying we we're talking about a script and he was saying how like the past two sports movies he worked on, which were uh, American Underdog and warrior they had to go back and do reshoots to get all of the primary characters watching the final sporting event and i had put it already in my notes so i felt really smart and he's like that you have to we have to do it you have to do it uh you always kind of you always you you gain so much by just checking in on them seeing and sharing in on on that final moment and uh, there's a lot of that in this on, on in all the kind of impactful moments. It'll go around to the different people that you've met. Some of them not even that well, but uh, I think Kaczynski really mines a lot out of faces and, and a lot out of uh, his portraits and it gets a lot of like just humanity. Yeah. Well, I was going to say this later, but we do it now. I'm talking about the rest of the cast because that's, that's kind of a, a big deal is that, you know, well, for one, of course, story being that, you know, we had to live with a rooster, uh, Goose's son, Miles Teller. Um, and, you know, Miles kind of has his own strange energy as an actor over the years. Um, but I think he's, I think people kind of say he's improved a bit, you know, or he's kind of been more solidified in who he is. So he kind of has plays that uh, lanky, nervous energy of his dad really well. But along with this, like, a uh, huge, angry youth chip on his shoulder thing that makes him makes him his own. And so that work, that really works well with Tom. And, and, well, just, and I, I, I mentioned this before on Twitter, like, you know, somebody said that, you know, like, uh, Tom Cruise shows the difference between TV actors, and movie stars, and I don't know. That's not that's not entirely fair because you know they're kind of meant to like you don't want to outshine the, the Cruise, but they all bring no, it. You know, it more. yeah, the the John Ham role is as thankless as a role can yeah. be in a great movie like this. Like he basically just shows up to like eat shit. It's yeah, like, yeah. Like, like another spoonful of shit, Mister Ham, and he's like, <laughs> yes, yes, sir, may I have another? <laughs> but you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, all, you know, all the young. Sorry, go ahead, Vice. Also, all, all the young guys, uh, Monica Barbaro, Phoenix, uh, Jalis, you know, he's from Insecure as Payback. You know, they're all kind of really pretty, relatively slight roles, quote unquote, but similar to something like, say, uh, Aliens with the Marine, the squad of Marines. They're not, they don't have to have that much depth. They just have to have presence and to kind of have their own, like, you know, their smaller iconography to at least uh, help. They, they enhance Cruz's iconography by having, you know, they're, they're up there. They can radiate on their own and to get to collectively, they make it all better. So, yeah, you know, even, even Bob, you know, that's, a, that's a, I didn't even realize that was a, a, a Bill Pullman's son. Uh, Lewis Pullman is basically there. Wow. So Bob, oh, yeah. 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 You know, so you get it. See legacy, right? More legacy stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, they, they don't have, they don't have to, or they're not meant to like shine on their own because they're meant to just, you know, create this, do the support. That said, Glenn Powell, Hangman, holy shit! Like, like speaking of like you know this, this ghost of the past, this is like he's like doing like Iceman reincarnated or like but but plus more. Like he's just like the perfect foil to the fucking you know like the the the, the jittery nervousness of, of Rooster. Here is the cocksure for real. Like a number one, I am the best pilot. I I have a kill. Yeah, you don't even forget. Like that is that's a fighter pilot. That's a movie star. 
that's like it's even a point where, where they're they're seen together with the, all the pilots, and Glenn Powell damn near shows up Tom Cruise like you know you know not you, you, the, not even you and like up up in his face all six feet plus of him up in Tom Cruise's face and I was like holy shit he's doing it you know, <laughs> like you like they, yeah so like this the cast oh no they, I think they did the smart thing by letting them be subtle or be uh allow them to cruise over shadow but some of them still have really good moments on their own and i think that was that was a really smart thing to do not you know you didn't need to like have a whole deep backstory to each person's fucking you know uh i went to the academy and i failed but i passed again or or, or, or i'm from the farm in montana and now i gotta do this for my family who gives a fuck yeah <laughs> he's a pilot you don't, you don't care you know so it all worked really well and and- I, I think that's similar to the first one too right mike yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, we all, if you've seen the first one, you still remember Hollywood and Wolfman and, and you know, and so it does, it does give you in your mind, those roles are bigger than they are. When yeah. You yeah. Watch, way bigger like, oh, than they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or fucking Cougar. Like Cougar is John Stockwell is massive in Top Gun and he's in it for like six goddamn minutes. Right. <laughs> but um, what I was also going to say is, is vice. I just wanted to tag in on you fucking God damn Glenn Powell. Um, he, uh, so I know he actually finished second. He would, he, he auditioned for rooster and they didn't feel like he was right for that, but they like beefed up hangman's role because they were like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's it. He's got it. We need to like, um, he's in a he's in a Netflix romantic comedy called Set It Up with Tay Diggs and um, uh, Lucy Liu that is just fucking fantastic. Like he's just the guy is just charm, charm, but charm mixed with the right amount of smarm, which makes him incredibly interesting, right? Because if he was just he he's doing kind of a Chris Hemsworth thing, and I and I love it. I love that he's he's that good looking, but also that obnoxiously punchable. And that that's what makes him an interesting actor. Uh, so yeah, man, I cannot wait for him to, to, to do more stuff. Oh yeah. It, oh. It, it, it's interesting. Like it's like a chemistry test. Like what, whose face can like hold up against Cruz? <laughs> like some, some people just get blown away. You're like later. They're like, they're like Linda Hamilton holding on to the fence and T2 just <laughs> Yeah, sorry, fanboy. I, mean, I love you, but you know, sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I gotta say, I want to also mention. Um, well, we, we mentioned the uh, Hondo. I want to see actors. I want to make sure I get the actor's name. Uh, but Sure Saludin, he plays a chief or warrant officer, a Hondo. You know, uh, kind of cruises uh support. And you know, like you said, the 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 movie's use of faces. He has a very distinct face, especially compared to Cruz or, or other people. Like it's a big, round, you know, back dude. Kind of like eh, looks like me compared to Liam, actually. <laughs> That I'm seeing it, uh, but you know, like, but you know, in his face, you know, yes, one, I, I presume because he's one officer, I, I, and he's older, I presume he's like has. Well, this is we're gonna get to some like you know, um, military like how it compares to real world, whatever. So I could kind of sense he's like prior enlistment. You know, he has that sense. You know, there's a scene where they're doing, they're making them do push-ups. You know, like, down, up, like he has that cadence. You know, I can hear that he's he's, I can hear that uh, enlisted cadence inside of him. But still, right now he's a war officer. But like you know, he has that. Uh, not fatherly, it's uh, this uh, wisdom to him or this uh, uh, th- there's a presence to him that you could tell that somebody like Maverick needs, you know, they need that that grounding and the officer just just, just by his mostly by his face alone, especially like during one of the final scenes where her, 
they you know they kind of give the last goodbyes at least so they think so and they yeah. say they had that moment together you know thank you for everything and like you can see like like it's i've kind of seen that too actually in real life um it's just it's kind of a weird thing i noticed just, just by the way the demographics happen to work um a lot of times at least in the army that i've seen there'll be um white officers and um black senior listed uh or well really quickly usually in a unit there's the commander and they also have a senior listed like the sergeant major or so forth and uh, just by the way, again, by the way, just how, by how, the way it happens in the demographics, a lot of times the senior officer, senior listed is black, and they they kind of nailed that that uh, dynamic really well. Here you have this, you know, this um, brash, uh, decorated officer who still needs to, who still needs to be grounded every now and then, and that's what Honda offers him. He offers him that 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 anchor back to humanity. You know, while, while he's up in the air, up in space, he's the anchor to keep him keeps him level. And they really play that so beautifully. So yeah, I want to give a big shout out to uh, to uh, Bashir for that. That was a great role. I hope he gets more stuff. I haven't seen. I don't think I don't remember seeing anything else before this, but I definitely want to see more. Um, and, and, and again, uh, faces. You know, John Hamm has a pretty decent face, and he's you know to eat shit with. <laughs> but I want to give a shout out to um, Charles Parnell. This is uh the uh, his uh, Admiral Solomon Warlock Bates. He's the other admiral that who's uh assisting uh, uh the a uh, cyclone, uh you know during this whole ordeal. And he's the older, older black gentleman. And you talk about a, a, a face for the movies. It's that old, like it's like a, it's like a obsidian, like uh, I don't know. So, so he doesn't really express much, or he's not expressive, but it's just like such a. He's captivating, is what it is. You, 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 you can again the thing they're able to radiate that uh, seasoned military professional um, essence in this actor, to this this actor, and but also in the character wise, he's uh, he's a voice of reason. He's a voice of. Uh, and he's a kind of the uh, in between or between cyclones, you know, uh, a contempt, and the younger guys is you know fear. He's the level-headed. We can get we can get this done. We can all cooperate. We can all do this for the mission. And that was a really, really, really um, important role. That I, mean, I don't think I don't think people will hopefully they'll recognize it later on as through previewings. But it's actually a pretty central figure in this in this particular story. Even though apparently you know he's not he's not a legacy legacy actor. He's not mentioned in any of the previous movie. But he just he makes it his own makes his own his own way. Um, he's a uh, supporting characters working to their best to make this thing work. It's really great. Yeah, he, he again another to a couple things on him because I thought he was terrific. Um, one is another example of how great I also think how elegant, not just great elegant. I think this script is in terms of knowing how to punchline and 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 alleviate tension because you get the one scene John Hamm does get to do is he gets the monologue where he's like, "Do I, you know, or do I risk my career and make you team leader?" And then you, I love it because you know Mav starts to say something and then and then uh, Warlock comes in and goes, "I think the Admiral was asking a rhetorical question, Captain." Like just. <laughs> But I, I also want to shout out Charles Parnell is in a TV show. It, it was a fairly long running TV show that is better than it has any fucking right to be called The Last Ship. Uh, oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah. He's one of the main characters in that. And that, like, it is the most ridiculous goddamn TV show. And it's really fucking good. <laughs> so I just, I want to shout that out. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Liam. I was just going to talk about Miles Teller a little bit and because I feel like I just haven't seen much of him in a while. Um, you know, he's kind of had an interesting 
career where, um, you know, I, I actually really liked the, and I, I, I bet Mike does too. I liked the Footloose remake uh, from 2011. Like, and I thought Teller was really good in it. And I was kind of like, oh, look at this guy. He's, he's got, he's got some uh, charisma, you know, he's got some, some swagger. He was really funny in Project X, which is like, I don't know, that's probably like a cancelable movie now. Um, and then I didn't see uh, like Spectacular Now, but obviously it was a big critical darling. And then, you know, Whiplash, he's incredible. And it was just like, oh, I, I didn't know that that actor was in there. And you kind of like over the next couple of years, if you're just scrolling through his IMDb, he gets pulled into this, you know, Divergent series, which I've never watched a second of. And then he's got the Fantastic Four reboot that, uh, you know, the ill-fated one and uh, War Dogs never saw. And up until last night, I'd never seen only the Brave. So I'd kind of just not really been checking in on this guy's career, really. And so I, I was pretty blown away by the nuance of that rooster performance and that he, um, you know, it was like he he could turn on that charisma of uh, of Goose doing the you know the, the piano stuff but anthony edwards is like he it's almost exactly what Iceman says in the first one like everybody liked him he's like incredibly likable but rooster you know he didn't grow up with that dad anymore he had that taken from him. so he's got a more of a gaping hole in the middle of it so he can like put the front out that i'm mr life of the party but it's not real you know inside he's he's still got this cavity missing and then watching only the brave was like ah, i i just that it all, it, that's such a missing piece that when you see that, this movie, I'm glad I almost didn't see it before because I think I'd probably be too hyped. I'd be like, oh my God. And it, But it is like the missing piece for um, Ian, Miles Teller and Kaczynski to be like, oh yeah, you guys were building towards this because he's, he's excellent in Only the Brave. And uh, we were talking about Taylor Kitsch last week. Excellent in that movie as well. They have like an adorable relationship together that, uh, you know, it really, it really pulls at the heartstrings and you're like, it, it, you could see him doing such a great job with, like you were saying, the Tony Scott thing, a group of men bonding. Uh, and so part, I could, we could, I, I know I've just said a lot of things, but kind of like the, the Tarantino, like Top Gun is gay thing. It is, it's funny. It was, it was good, but there is something sort of toxic about all, all men like being together and having fun is gay. Like, I don't think that that like having that permeate through the culture is a little bit like we were talking about Americans not being able to deal with homoeroticism and not being able to deal with like brotherhood well, because, you know, we, we had that, Oh, don't, don't get too close. Like don't put your arm around your buddy at the bar and sing together. It's like, no, you know, like, so I don't know. There's part of me that's like, uh, I love that gay people love Top Gun and that they got that from it. But at the same time, like they, I think some of that criticism was um, actually kind of like did it does a little bit of disservice to what the, the spirit of these things can be. You know, it's like it, it makes it too black and white and it can be put into a negative light when it's not really what it is trying to portray. I, I actually tweeted that literal exact thing when i was re-watching top gun because i was like no what 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 the movies really and what tony scott was really great at was basically saying um gay straight nb it doesn't matter taking care of your people taking care of your your quote unquote i'm doing air quotes here your boys 
that's what matters, right? You you love you love your people. You 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 take care of the people that matter to you, and and to me, that's what Top Gun and Maverick are are so. I mean, the emotions in both movies are just on the fucking sleeve, bigger than life, broader than life, and that's so to me in especially in modern Hollywood blockbusters where everything gets undercut by jokes and wit, you know, and I've been praising the jokes in Maverick, but it's a, it's not undercutting everything. It's a release valve, but to have a movie that is this big, this expensive, be this like emotionally open um, was really, I thought it was really moving for me. Um, the one other thing I do want to say is part of the problem with Miles Teller is in real life, he's an absolute trash bag of a human being. Uh, <laughs> and so that's part of the reason that people. What? what, what okay. Again, I, I, you guys always explain to me what someone's like uh, internet rep is. Is, is he, is he, what, what is the, what is the knock on Miles Teller? He did a GQ article. I will try and find it and send it to you. That is just one of the most like douchey things I think I've ever read in my life. Uh, the other, the other issue is he is uh, an anti-vaxxer uh, given the current, he actually I thought he did come out and say he was vaccinated. Well, I thought everyone well, just assumed after, he was. after he shut down uh, production on the offer, cause he got COVID. <laughs> so, um, and he's friends with fucking Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, there's a lot of, yeah. Like miles teller is look, I, he's not, when we say he's a trash bag of a human being, he's not by all accounts. He's not abusive. He's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I just don't, don't paint everything with the same brush. No, no, you're, like, right, yeah. you're right. You're right. You're right. Fair, fair point. Fair yeah. point. Let's just say by all accounts, he is a major like dick. Like he's just <laughs> a dick of a human being. Um, but that, that doesn't mean that he's not a great actor. Uh, I think he's also got that nice balance of charm and punchable face. And that is at 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 perfect play here as Rooster because uh, Anthony Edwards could also be punchable when he wanted to. You know, I mean, I've watched ER. I wanted to punch him several times on that show, right? But I did. There's an episode about that shit too. <laughs> and but he's perfectly cast here. I mean, he is he is embodying what I would expect Goose's son to look and act like. Uh, Right down to, you know, even the vocal mannerisms a lot of times are, you know, I, I love, again, the callback when they're in the F-14 and he says, come on, Mav, do some of that pilot shit. You know, like I just <laughs> I, uh, it it's so good. I mean, it's, it's such a dad movie because they're, the immortal line of, of the movie is is talk to me, dad. And you're just like. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty good. You got talk to me, goes talk to me, goes then. Talk to me, Dad. I was just like, I could see like every every dude of a certain age being like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk real quick about the uh, the callbacks. Uh, not, I don't like not shot for shot necessarily, but this you know, there are some indeed some things that are kind of shot for shot or, or scene for scene, uh, and and beat for beat even. Like uh, the way Tom Cruise is introduced to the to the crew, and is that find out he's the instructor. The same thing happens here. They, they do some some uh, old bum in the bar with a we can't play stab. When he comes to the next day, the instructor. So there's, there's several um several beat for beat reconstructions from the first film here in, in a new context, of course. Um, but oh, so um, Mike, you mentioned you mentioned this earlier on Twitter. Um, like how 
some people are saying like the movie is too uh, light or, or or faint or lacking story, but it's just so streamlined, so it makes it work. But and I think one example here, um, I, I kind of made the joke about it to tell. Compare this to something like the, the new Star Wars, The Force Awakens, where like it does the same thing. It does a lot of beat for beat reconstructions, but the problem, well, among other things, is that um, they there's so much ancillary stuff and plot mechanics and gears turning in those films that it kind of jumbles everything up. Whereas this one, they make these beat for beat reconstructions, but it's very smooth and clear why they're doing it or what they're building to. So like even though you know, and if if you could, you could one could easily criticize saying, "Oh, it's just they just mining for nostalgia hardcore," and they're right. That's fine. You know, that's that's fine. It's a, that's a totally fair 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 criticism. But what it it doesn't have anything else, or it's not trying to manufacture or force them out into different things to to say something different. It's just doing the beat that you remember, but also but it's still serving that simple story of them completing this mission. And and also kind of reconciling with the past, uh, those two those two through lines. So yeah, like you, you can kind of see the big differences like with that and other other kinds of uh, legacy sequels where they kind of add too much shit, or, or as it were. Um, it was, it was Creed, you know, like uh, Creed is built off the off the <laughs> the body of Rocky IV, which is considered the you know which is considered by some either the worst Rocky or the uh, most vainglorious propagandist movie. But they make this really heartwarming story out of it, and um, you know they they use the, that those parts to that. Um, and same thing here is like a, and I'll get to this new point. You know they use that same kind of foundation, but without adding extra extraneous stuff to it, and make that makes as this, this as a movie by itself makes it lean and mean. You know, it's two hours, but it's still it's still like through. Um, so I, I do want to get to that point. Going to another thing about the um, so you know we. This is a war film. This is 2022. We've we've gone through this whole, as we've seen with the characters in real life, went through whole generation, generations even, of people at war, different kinds of war, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, Bosnia, uh, you know, Desert Storm even, that, that has now passed over Maverick in 86, or Top Gun in 86. And so one of, one of the uh, things that people will find Notable as far as as a war from at least politically speaking is that it's politically neutral and that there is no definitive enemy. Uh, I don't know if they I, don't, I haven't seen the first one. Oh, I haven't rewatched the first one like you guys did, so I don't remember if they specifically say the Russians or or the yeah, USSR. They specifically say Russians in the first right. So in this in this film in Top Maverick, the enemy is never stated outright. They are literally just only referred to as the enemy. There is no political or national affiliation to the people they are fighting or the entity they are fighting, and it very you, you very really really even see any, any actual humans do so. And um, it's, it's a very fascinating thing. And I, I read some things recently, but you know how even China they were they were doing some they were going to investing, but they backed out because even with that, or I guess perhaps they may have changed it to this because of that, they backed out because they they felt the production was being too specifically nationalistic for them. And so to see this now, you know this, this kind of markedly uh, apolitical maybe isn't the right word because I don't know I don't think it's the right word for this but uh, the, the, the unspecificity of the conflict is a very fascinating thing in this day and age and I think I think um, it works and I think it's people are responding to that because I think nobody wants to be preached to 
or reminded of, uh, which is it's not a good or bad. It's just, just how it is. They don't want to be reminded of this past twenty plus years of unending, unending, unending war. So I think this is a good kind of release for people to like, uh, you know, unlike Rocky defeating communism in the boxing match. This is just more of a straightforward. Here are our best artists doing a mission um, for a vague greater good, and they succeed, and everybody's safe. So I think, uh, as far as 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 we'll probably see uh, in the news later about the box office, I think people, along with the nostalgia and, and all, along with the star power, I think that people are referring to that as well. And again, I don't know. If that's, I don't want to say if that's good or bad or whatever. It's, it's you know, like we mentioned, it's not. It doesn't have to be black and white that way. But it is an interesting thing to see compared to the past few years of movies and um. The past, or the past era, of war films that directly and overtly reference war and terror and previous international conflicts. Like you know, I I could just I as I'm watching the movie, you know, um, I'm imagining, man, what what if that was a fucking Russian? Uh, what if we could do that in Ukraine? You know, what if we could send Maverick to do this one mission or stop the once for all? And you could kind of I I, I don't know. At least for me, I kind of get the feeling, and I think maybe people, other people, will get that feeling too. Like you know. What if we could just do this one thing that could end this fucking nightmare? And I think that's that's a really powerful thing that I, I believe that you know Tom is kind of who's is kind of really trying to get to the heart of you know what the powerful movies have to help us do stuff. So yeah, that, it's it's a very fascinating thing that I I, I, I wonder what will come of it uh, in the in the coming days or coming years. Well, I was going to say like it, it's interesting more almost that that they didn't do it in the first movie because. That was at a time when it would have been totally acceptable to just kind of like have it be a Cold War movie. And it kind of is. But like, I, I think it's implied that it's like North Korea in, in the first movie, but it's not never explicitly no, stated. It's, it's explicitly stated it's Russia in the first movie. But it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I looked on the Wikipedia and they said it wasn't because well, it, I, isn't there like a nuclear war? Could you start recently? Could you start bombing right? Russians? Uh, what in, in in Top Gun? What? No. Yeah. Um. No. The the whole point is. I mean, I maybe I've Mandela affected this. But <laughs> no, they just call them the MIGs. They never say Russia. I I swear. But you're right. Maybe know. no. Maybe you know what? I'm willing to admit I Mandela affected this. I I literally just rewatched the movie, but I'm willing to admit that I. Just, it has a red star, but even the red star is like, is that North Korea's red star? Is that Russia's red star? It's kind of. Like it, it's deliberately vague then, which why I, th I think that's more interesting of a choice was because it like it, it would have been pretty easy because we're in the height of the Cold War of, of the first one to just make it that and everyone would have accepted it. Whereas because the it's the sequel to that, they can kind of get away with it. Whereas now it's like no one wants to actually deal with the political implications of wh who the other side is. Um, I saw one, I think it was like Slate or something, and they talked about all the different things. It's pretty much, it's a nation that doesn't exist because of all the different specifics to, you know, what the mission is, um, which we haven't really even talked about. There's a couple of things we haven't talked about, and, and I know we're running long already. Is one, we, we you know, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the actual mission itself is super fucking cool. Uh, you guys are yeah. going to say, like, it is like, you got to, like, they lay out this awesome Star Wars ass shit where they have to go down low through this canyon. If they go up above 100 feet, they're going to get blown out of the sky and they have to drop the bomb into a perfect place and then have this crazy ascent up out of the canyon. Um, and one of my favorite cuts in the movie 
which was wanted to get into the other thing that we didn't really talk about is, is Jennifer fucking Conley in this movie is insane. Uh, and Kaczynski between only the brave and this is like, he, she's finally found a director who's like, like worthy of her in, in this stage of her career, who really, you know, lets her shine. Um, but her, her and Cruz, you know, after he basically, you know, Iceman passes away, his lifeline or his everything, all of his things get torn away. Uh, you know, John Hamm is taking control of the mission and uh, he goes to visit her and he doesn't know what she's going to do. And she just gives him this incredible look and she's like, I'm sure you'll figure things out. You go to the next day, Ham's in control of all the pilots. He says it's going to be a four minute mission. And then boom, suddenly you hear, you know, Maverick is already out there. And he's going to do it in less time than he said, which was already aggressive. And it just fucking goes and everyone's sitting there. It's, it's, it's the looks on faces like that is an incredibly great uh, writing, but I also feel like it was maybe editing. I bet there were some scenes in there to show him like passing, you know, Hondo, uh, you know, a, a, a carton of cigarettes or whatever to get onto the plane. Like, it, you know, that you could have written a bunch of stuff of how does he get, to the plane and all that but yeah, yeah. to just go yeah. from that hard cut he's already out there he's doing it it was like uh, that that that's that's really stuff little stuff like that that, that, that kind of like blows me away Did, um sorry let yeah. me let me just uh really quick because i do want to come back to jennifer Connolly too because we should always come back to jennifer Connolly. but uh but no this is this is what i was saying you know vice when you mentioned my my sort of tweet thread is uh, a lot of the movies that we that we talk about, you know, I I actually even thought of our pirates fight, Liam, uh, <laughs> is is I feel like so many modern blockbusters are over plotted to the point that they're strangled. There is I, I get I get not being a script watcher. You want to watch the visuals and all of that. But there's also a point where it's just like fucking just let the movie live and uh, Doctor Strange is a perfect example. You guys know I love that because I love Sam Raimi, but fucking hell, the amount of plot in a movie that is essentially mentor-mentee have to get from point A to point B and stop bad girl from destroying the world has so much goddamn plot. This one understands that completely. It is a people-on-a-mission movie. They have a goal. They train for it. They execute it. Their mentor is the best at it. And in it, it, and that's where I was saying earlier that it's, I feel like it's spoiler proof because that scene you just talked about, Liam, where Mav comes in and runs the whole mission. Like I knew that is exactly what was going to happen. Did not give a shit. Was fist pumping so fucking hard. <laughs> biggest smile on my goddamn face. Like, did not give a shit. It is fine to be a simple movie. It is fine to be a direct movie. Just execute it well. And this movie executes it as well as fucking any movie I have seen in the last 10 years. I mean, it just, this is execution at its at its peak. Yeah. So we, we uh, you know, so me and Mike are uh, nerds, game nerds. So I mentioned that, you know, like this is basically Ace Combat movie. Now, Liam being a jock, he doesn't know this, but Ace Combat, the video game series, it's a pretty famous, it, it's pretty much, actually it is, it is in fact like the premier uh, dogfighting combat game. Like if you want to play a video game about dogfighting, Ace Combat is the, the bar. Like, oh, there's like, and everything else is a copy of it. It is the premier series. So, you know, it's, it's worth checking out. As a matter of fact, they have a, 
As a matter of fact, they have a DLC that came out on Friday of you could add the Top Gun Maverick skins to the planes. Anyway, <laughs> so part of the uh, part of the uh, uh, lore, mystique, whatever of the games is that there's always like a uh, a Death Star mission. You know, going back to even further um, uh, influences, there's always like a super, wep- super weapon or a thing you got to like, go through a canyon, go through a giant hallway, go through something and do the drop the bomb blow up. This is a pretty much this is a in several instances an exact replica of some of those game missions. Now, again, this is going back to something we talked about a long time, several times before, the video game language in modern cinema. And I think that this is a great example but of why that's a great thing why, and how they're both evolving. Because remember, well, you might not have more insight to his background than I do, but Kaczynski, he kind of started out, he, his first, I think, I sort of you, one of the first gigs was a Gears of War commercial. So like yeah, this, yeah, this is not a, the Donnie Darko song on the, the Gears of War, War War commercial was a was a big one. Yeah. yeah. So like this is not out of nowhere. Like like a lot of these directors now have at some point or in some way touched upon the gaming aspect, the aesthetics, what they are. So I think it's I think it's totally in line with that. And more to the point, I think it totally works. Like you know, like it, it's 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 amazing. Like it's like I want if you want to see if you want to have that thrill of doing the fucking. Death Star mission or the fucking Super Web mission, here it is in like in all its glory in the with real jets and a real Tom Cruise flying through a real fucking canyon, doing that shit, you know. And it's like that. That's like a and uh, like uh, things like 1917 um, or like like or or uh, 007, the last one, um, No Time to Die. This is part of the lexicon now of film. And I, I and so when I said it was a game mission, I didn't mean it as an insult. I meant it like like I can I can feel it. I can feel. These influences overlapping and and doing, working towards a better end. That was really cool. it was really cool. It is literally the weapons of mass destruction mission from Ace Combat Six. Like the weapons of mass destruction mission in Ace Combat Six is you have to fly through a canyon, at less than a hundred feet to not trigger the radar, bomb some shit, and then pull out, and all of a sudden you are in a massive ass dogfight. And the rest of your squad comes and saves your ass. Like it's literally, but again, that's not a criticism. I have played that mission. I've played Ace Combat six, like six or seven times. I've played that (laughs) mission probably 50 because I fucking love it so goddamn much. So like, it's not a criticism that, that this movie is using that language, using that visual, using that narrative because it, it is what makes games fun. You know, uh, games are literally, you have a goal, you train, you execute, right? And, and it, or in the words of the kids, you get good fucking, fucking <laughs> gamer nerds. Um, sorry, anyway, uh, but uh, no, but, and that's what this movie encapsulates. Like, yeah, it, to call it a video game movie, to compare it to Ace Combat is not a criticism, I don't think. I think it's absolutely a compliment to how well it translates that language to to cinema. Much better than, say, something like fucking Uncharted. You know, I mean, this is a way better Ace Combat movie than Uncharted or Prince of Persia are you know, as direct adaptations of those games. Um. Uh, yeah, look, you, you may be right. And uh, I know Justin Marks, who a, a screenwriter, the story by, and he's kind of a documented gamer. So without a doubt there uh, in Kaczynski, without a doubt that, that, that you guys may hundred percent be right. I just wanted to do the one pushback is that when you create Top Gun, 
that there's no ace combat without Top Gun. You know what I mean? Like Top Gun, like, no word, yeah, word, one hundred percent is like so. So everything that they influence afterwards is there for the picking, as far as I'm concerned. They can take whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and no. Fuck every, so when you say like, oh, they took this from a video game, hey, fuck you. That video game wouldn't fucking exist without Tom Cruise. We you are shit, motherfucker. We are we're going to fucking take it, and we're going to do it better than you did. So I, that's that's all I'll say. Get <laughs> your out of your out of your ass. Get your flight <laughs> Like, we're not, criti- literally, we're not criticizing. All right. I do, because we are going long, and we do need to submit. Can I give one legit criticism that I have of the movie um the needle drops were sean levy basic as shit i i i never need to hear fucking fog hat in a movie again as long as i live especially in a movie with characters who would never listen to fucking fog hat uh we i was tweeting about this last night they're like hangman's fucking listening to avenge sevenfold and like <laughs> totally hail to the king is the is is better than any metallica album out there and uh and uh say that <laughs> you know, like, so I, I just, I really hated the needle drops. I, I, I did not enjoy them, but that is a, I don't really remember any uh, of, of them particularly, but yeah, sure. Yeah. Just, just a, such a nitpicky minor ass complaint. Like, like and, uh, and then, it's no, still not Sean Levy though. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> but also uh, to, uh, to tempt the wrath of uh, all the, uh, what do they call themselves? The little monsters, uh, that Gaga song, not a fan. Wasn't as a didn't uh, didn't catch me. It was nice, you know, the end song with the hold my hand or whatever. I'm not a fan of that song. Was Look, definitely. speaking of problematic figures, Don Simpson. Uh, you know, you ever read the the book? I I actually read it a few years ago. High concept. I about, love. High con- I fucking love high concept. But, one of the best books I've ever read. It's insane. My one problem with the book is that the writer has like a real kind of like prudish energy. That's just like and. Like you're obviously writing this because you're titillated by this guy's life and you're constantly being like, ooh, what a bad boy. And it's like, well, look, there's obviously bad behavior here, but there was something, something about the 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 narrative of it that kind of like I, I would have liked someone less judgy about the fact that he's, you know, obviously has has an addiction issues, but you know, you're writing this book because you know it's exciting to read about. And then you're also kind of being judgy about it. So, but the actual, the text itself of what Don Simpson's life, uh, seek it out. It's absolutely insane, but the guy could really pick a soundtrack. (laughs) 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 He really knew how to, how to cast his movies and and the the soundtracks of like flash dance and fucking top gun and days of thunder are just absolutely amazing. So rest in peace, Don. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's my problem with the needle drops is you know the top the original top gun soundtrack i actually like the lady gaga song uh but i get why it might might not hit for you um i particularly like the sorry i'm gonna sound like a crass pig but i particularly like the video where she rips her flight suit off to reveal her white tank top <laughs> thumbs up for me um but uh but no but the 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 original soundtrack was such a cultural phenomenon Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was a little disappointing to me to see them like, yeah, fog hat and won't get fooled again. And, uh, you know, just all these 70s like dad rock songs that just they don't fit the movie. They don't fit the aesthetic of what the original soundtrack was. Um, it was 
it it, it bugged, but I, I'm over it. It's, it's weird, man. Like I, I just was watching Sonic 2 with my kids this weekend because it's uh it's on Paramount Plus right now, which is you know what I, I like about those movies is that they are really kid friendly. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, Sonic is is having a party at the house by himself and he puts on here comes the hot stepper. And I'm like, what? how is this song still like the go-to song for a party? Like I saw this in high school. It's just so weird. <laughs> yeah, it it I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with needle drops in movies lately. Like I, I, I feel like, yeah, but by the way, I still like here come the hot step or it worked great in the scene. So what are you going to do? But it's like, you know, it still feels like there should be something a little bit more contemporary. That's all. That's because Liam's the lyrical gangster word. Of mouth. <laughs> it's still a good yeah. song. Let me, have you ever changed it on the radio when that song came on? Or no, you just never, like, never. You it up a little bit. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> Like I'm bitching about Foghat, but they also used Won't Get Fooled Again. And The Who is is in fact one of my favorite bands of all time. Like, so I I, I ain't mad that I got to listen to a dogfight scene to Won't Get Fooled Again. I just, <laughs> it seemed weird. Uh, enough. I am obsessed about the needle drops. I guess. Oh. Yeah, Vice. Oh, yeah. So, so I only got to move on, but uh, this is a big thing. So, Liam, all right, just going to put your um, VFX hat for a minute here. So I was saying that, you know, like a part of the big draw, this is uh, the, the real live fucking planes you know like it's a world away from the shit we used to you know my current blockbusters and so when i was watching it some parts to me stuck out um well when you see the real stuff compared to the um composites they have to do some of it stuck out to me like oh well they, why they do that you know well like, like you were saying that like uh you, you felt overall this is probably one of the most seamless um um vfx uh compositions between real and uh real and composed uh, uh they've seen a while can you go in and go more to that a little bit well, I mean, yeah, so so it was like a sold out screening and at IMAX and the, the only, you know, those those cockpit rows at the bottom were the only ones open dead center. And I, I like I have to be dead center. So I went to the second row of the cockpit. So I'm like this, like looking up at this wall. Um, and I it was still one of the best theatrical experience I've had because I think his compositions are so good that you can kind of be like, good, good, good. So up that close, uh, everything looked like phenomenal to me i didn't feel like anything bumped i don't know maybe at the when you're back from the screen and you could be like oh you know this this stuff is so real that then when the like you said the when the the plane landed and it and it was sliding it didn't uh look quite as good but i was just kind of like i i know that there's like thousands of cg shots in this especially Mm -hmm. because uh of of what you know, Kaczynski's background is, I know there's just like, there's even, even the stuff that was shot for real, there's cleanups, there's all this stuff happening, Mm -hmm. but I just, I didn't feel it. I didn't really feel anything. And then there was a lot of it that I was like, I knew that they couldn't do that. And I was like, but it it looks like they did it. Like, I just, you know, and if you read about some of the stuff of how they would do that photography, um, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't give notes or anything. They'd have, they, they'd basically go up there for an hour uh, fly all around, come down, and then he. Everyone would sit around and watch what they did and make adjustments, make notes. Then they have to go back up there for an hour, and he's kind of sitting there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for them to come back. That just sounded, you know, crazy to me, but it, it makes sense, you know. So there, there's just, I, I don't know. It, it's I, 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 we make fun of my taste being like the the basic bitch taste, but I just do <laughs> like the most like big amazing endeavors you know i love just seeing like how many people had to come together to make something so huge 
And I just, I think that's part of the original Top Gun. It's just like, it's a fucking aircraft carrier. Yeah. We're, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look at the size of that beast. It's just so fucking like impressive and it's cinematic. And so, yeah, that, 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 that's why, you know, the biggest movies always kind of grab me and grab my imagination the most, uh, even from when I was a kid, because it's just something about, you know, that grandeur of filmmaking and uh, that, that this definitely, you know, tapped into that. Yeah. I think somebody mentioned online that the, so the, the uh, final boss, as it were, of the, of the movie is uh, these uh, fifth gen fighters, as I call them. Um, and uh, they, I believe they were uh, based off of the uh, SU-57 uh, it's a Russian or Soviet, well, yeah, Russian uh, aircraft. Um, but apparently, somebody said all that entire their entire makeup was all CGI, like uh, because the actual S fifty seven only like a handful of them exist in the world, and we can't get to them, of course, because they're over in Russia. So yeah, like the fact that if you if you didn't know that that was a fake, you would have no idea. It looked that the actual those people in particular, the combat uh, with the with the fighters was so realistic and so well so well put together. You don't really see any seams. That was the again. That that's a really commendable. Level. Like that's how, you know, that, that's a prime example of how to do, how to use CGI properly and to to enhance what's already happening in life in real life. It, it was it was seamless to me. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so I mean, all go, the little go pieces. watch the first skyline ending, and some of our fighter jets are just like fucking plastic toys compared to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because I I I had seen the movie, and then you guys had that discussion on Twitter. And so when I went and saw it again yesterday, I really tried to like pay attention to it. And I, I will say um, on rewatch, I thought the MIGs were noticeably CGI um, mm. and vice. I, I am with you. The, the crash and slide on the carrier. I, I thought there was a weightlessness to it that nothing else in the movie had uh, as, as that plane crashes on the carrier. Um, but that being said, I was also like looking for that, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like it was not the CGI in this movie is, is, is incredible. Um, it's just hard. It's just hard to, to level the CGI as a complaint when we're like, you know, in the world of, like we're saying, like Sonic two and Dr. Strange two, where <laughs> yeah. it's just like the Absolutely. entire aesthetic of the movie is like cotton candy cheese vfx which is it's fine those are what those are supposed to be but then to yeah. see something this real yeah um that 99 of it is so uh, is is that real is like yeah so anyway yeah no the the one other thing i want to i do want to shout out or call out is um i have seen some people on twitter uh basically trying to do the fucking toby hooper steven spielberg thing and say that christopher mcquarrie ghost directed this um a Fuck you. Don't do that bullshit. That's insulting to directors. B, uh, if you've seen a Joseph Kosinski movie and if you've seen a Christopher McQuarrie movie, you know that this does not look anything like a Christopher fucking McQuarrie movie and it looks 100% like a Joseph Kosinski movie. Like, stop that shit. Like, they just haven't seen, they haven't seen Only the Brave. Yeah, just, just because they, you're just basically telling on themselves. Just because you didn't fucking like Tron Legacy doesn't mean that, like, he's not directing this movie like you don't need to justify your liking this movie by trying to say somebody else directed it and no and, and as someone who didn't love tron legacy when it came out and i i kind of like it more now like you just have to think about that was his fucking debut like that's an insane debut and, uh 
And as I said on Twitter, if anybody's ghost directing fucking anything, it's Cruz and <laughs> style, right? Like, well, and, and that sorry for the oh, man, the Macquarie stands like uh, I've, I've heard that the first Jack Reacher was like Cruz was very hands on. Uh, he's a very hands on producer. And I think there's a reason why they have such a great relationship, because Macquarie does not seem like he's an egomaniac at all. And uh, and and so they they it's a collaborative effort between the two of them. So to to yeah to imply that Macquarie is is somehow I mean you just you got to watch Only the Brave that 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 is the key. Like oh I didn't realize this guy was was growing. You know he's he's getting better with each film. Uh, and as much as I like Tron Legacy, like I thought Oblivion was a more mature, interesting movie. It's not like perfect either. Only the brave is like, oh, my God, he's putting it all together. And now this is he's in a different stratosphere, you know. So, I mean, it's a pretty, I think, explainable trajectory if you actually watch the four films that he's made so far. Agreed. And aesthetically, it looks like a Kaczynski movie. It does not look like a, a Macquarie. I mean, Macquarie's made a lot of movies. So we we have an idea of what his aesthetics look like. And it does not look like this. But no. Kaczynski's aesthetics 100% look like this movie. And and just what last word of this is that I actually think one of the most beautiful scenes in this movie is them sailing. And it is just some of the most gorgeous cinematography and like wordless moments and grace notes. And that was another one that was like, why am I crying at, at them sailing together? But I don't know. That's where I go to the to the not script watching and like actually just experiencing what they're doing. Like that you you write in a script, that's a, that's like a two-line sentence, but it it just kind of it, it, I don't know, it's just real filmmaking. It's now you're in the Navy. It's a good joke, too. Like a, he's a Navy. He's a he's a captain at 06 in the Navy. Can't sail a boat. That's such a great joke. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't sail boats. I land on them. I fucking <laughs> love that line. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, so we do have a couple other topics we want to talk about. So let's wrap up Maverick. Um, any final thoughts that either of you want to want to say about it? Obviously, it's a strong wreck from all three of us. But any final thoughts that either of you want to say? I, I'm, well, I'm definitely glad I, I do talk to you guys now. I do appreciate it more what it did. Um, I still think it's great. You know, I, um, I don't know. Maybe my my letterbox rankings will change over time. But yeah, either way, it's still yeah, it's great. I do recommend it. Um, and if you're looking for like a deeper story, like fucking. Uh, uh, zero thirty, then you know a fucking movie, man. <laughs> I literally just got a text from one of my best friends saying I absolutely loved the new Top Gun. I watched it in four D and turned out to be an amazing idea. I was in the cockpit. Like, is it? It's a, I, you. Just, you don't get those texts every weekend. You know what I mean? Like, it, it is that movie that um, when I got posting about it, people were like, "Is it really that good?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's really fucking that good." And uh, to what, what my first tweet was like, I don't believe in God. I believe in Tom Cruise is that like, there's just a lot of things that I don't believe in anymore. And the past two weeks, uh, America is one of them, <laughs> but uh, I believe in this guy's like, uh, you know, ability and charisma. And I, I'm just such a, a fan of seeing masters at work. And, uh, and so it, it was to me, it, it go in and, and look at it from that standpoint of like, this is a person who is like, uh, he's one of the old fucking like real carnies motherfuckers who's like, he is there to entertain and, uh, he's put everything into it. And so I don't know that, that to me is what 
I appreciate so much about that experience. So I just, I pulled this up from uh, Gitesh Pandya, who runs Box Office Guru. Um, 52 million Friday, 38 million Saturday, 124 million three day, 151 million four day, cinema score A plus. Rotten Tomatoes audience score 99%. Rotten Tomatoes Jesus critics Christ. score 97%. Post track five out of five. Um, yeah, this this is this is a good old fashioned crowd pleaser right here is what this movie is. And we get those so fucking rarely now. I mean, we get so many blockbusters, but but to have one that just hits like this. It just, it feels special. And it also kind of feels like you said, Liam, that basically Cruz is the only person that can do this. Um, so yeah, strong wreck for us. Uh, watch it. I think we can skip talking about the Mission Impossible trailer because we've kind of already like, uh, you know, pumped up Tom Cruise enough. Sure. But I do think we should talk about the Gray Man trailer really quick. Uh, because I actually went a little viral this week. I didn't mean to. I just thought I was trying to be uh, educational about a lot of people saying, how did the gray man cost $200 million? Uh, and it's something, I, I mean, I actually think the movie looks pretty terrific and I will take Chris Evans in like sleazebag psycho, you know, with douchebag cop stash uh, 100% of the time, but trying to explain that, well, like we talked about with red notice, you know, half of that budget comes off the top because Netflix has to pay their stars so much up front. But what did you guys think of the trailer? Yeah, it, I, I don't want to say it looked cheap, but I do, you know, it looks solid. Very, I like it. Looks great. Looks fun. But yeah, like uh, you mentioned, we, mentioned um, uh, we talked about before, like, uh, is there is there really a uh, Netflix look or not, you know? Um, but I think part of what people are responding to is that, um, well, again, compared to the uh, Mission Impossible trailer, I think anything looks lackluster so even though you have these two a-list guys you know uh, gosling and, and evans you know going toe-to-toe -to -toe, i think some of the uh it feels smaller in scale compared to what we were, were, were having up to see so i think part i think that's a big part of why people are getting maybe a little down on the trailer but otherwise i mean like this, this is just a, in, in, in any other instance or summer this would have been oh great more fucking top grade action more like you know gold trotting uh you know Guns blazing stuff, you know. I think we kind of missed a fourth for the trees when we kind of compare these two or try to dissect where the Netflix money's going. But you know, we, we just get to sit all the time. So I'm like, I'm glad to you know, have this stuff here available, especially on Netflix. You know, get it from my home. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. And um, you know, I just want to see these 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 see these, these two off white guys go at it, man. Again, man. <laughs> I, I did not watch it, and I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to wait mm. to to see the movie. I, I feel like I've gotten inundated with with too many trailers and i was just like you know what i'm already gonna see this movie so mm -hmm. I'll, I'll watch the trailers afterwards but that, that helps streamline our podcast <laughs> <laughs> it, does. it does indeed uh the other thing uh really quick that i want to talk about is um dropping on uh i didn't know it thanks to friend of the show former guest uh once and future guest matt essery for letting me know that tiger shroff's hero panty 2 dropped on uh Amazon Prime. Fucking hell, I love that movie. Oh my God. Uh, so I am like legit now formally obsessed with Tiger Shroff. Uh, but this is the most ridiculous, absurd, goddamn thing. And I loved every second of it. Is it 
you know, as we would objectively call it good. Yeah, probably not. In fact, good's probably not even really in the ballpark of what it is. Is it awesome? Yes, it fucking is. So all I really want to say is everybody needs to watch Hero Panty 2. It is unrelated to Hero Panty 1, so you don't need to watch that first. Uh, It's like a lot of Indian movies. They use the same titles, but they're actually, you know, like boggy and and they're they're unconnected movies. They just they understand the power of IP as well. And so they use reuse the same titles. But um, it is Tiger doing Tiger. Uh, My man punches a car. I don't don't know what else to tell you. He punches a car in the fucking movie. So anyway. um, All right. uh, Let's talk about the week. Um, I hope everybody's taking care of themselves out there because it fucking sucked. Um, anything you guys, anything you guys want to say, I I know this is going to be tough and, and, and don't feel like you have to say anything. I can actually even stop recording right now if, if you don't want to go to this place, but I, I do know people listen to us and, uh, you know, I don't know. I, hopefully we can make somebody feel a little better. I, I'll just do my my piece um, just to, you know, I, I, I've actually been even yesterday, I went to a, a Lao New Year um, festival and, and saw some friends and, and they they said, like, how are you doing? And I was just like, honest, I said, like, I'm not good. I'm, I'm in I'm in a bad place. And, 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 and you know, there was there was good things that happened this week. But I, I just was like. You know, there's something about that video of Angel Garza, who's uh, <sighs> uh, it just I, I you know, he, he holds his, his daughter's picture to his chest and he says, how do you look at this girl and shoot her? I don't know. I don't know. I just uh, it, it, it really it gutted me in a way that I just still can't quite grapple with. I think, uh, you know, for, for yourself and um, other people out to listen, you know, who are, who are parents, you know, I think this probably digs that much deeper. Um, I've said before, I don't really have much to say about the events overall, um, but just, um, well, you kind of, you know, you mentioned the, this loss of faith and everything. And now, you know, I, this is part of um, somebody had mentioned, uh, you know, in this very story, you know, they had this gruesome attack, you know, and it's like you hear there's stories now from the children themselves, what they went to to survive. And it sounds like somebody since like it sounds like a, so they got a war, a war, actual war zone, not here at some you know, suburban place in Texas or whatever. And um, I thought about, I thought about this so many times. Uh, even, even irrespective of the mass shootings themselves, of um, when I got out of the army, you know, uh, well, it's, it's kind of ironic. Well, maybe Black the Comic talking about Maverick and uh, fighter jets and bomb bombing runs um, on Memorial Day, and especially Memorial Day after uh, two weeks of these high-profile mass shootings as people died. And I always, it occurred to me, you know, over the past few years that, you know, I, what did I come back to? Uh, well, for the one thing, it has never escaped me and it never will that part of the 
brutality or part of the oppressiveness that I felt growing up here, I went somewhere else to visit it upon other peoples. That's something I have to have to live with and 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 eat have to eat that sin, pay for it at some point. Um. So, but then it was always the hope that you know the old adage, you know, we're, we're doing this for our country to protect, to preserve lives. But then here, here, both the powers that be and then people in general, their own malicious ends, totally, we can do nothing about that. Well, it feels like we can do nothing about that anyway. The protecting, you know, protecting the nation, the people in it is 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 meaningless, or it can't happen because these things keep happening, and no no one wants to stop this. So is this kind of that way? Again, I don't have children, but you know, I, but that that doesn't matter though, because these are we're all there's all of us, whether it's in Buffalo or in Valde, it's all of us, all of us people having to suffer this stuff. And so, yeah, that that is just weighed more and more over the years of uh, what, a, what, not just was it all worth it, but uh, did I make did it make it worse, or how we're making this worse? And so, well, and there are people who are working to fight this, you know. This, I don't, well, I, I don't want to be here and, like, try to give false hope or false positivity because we, like right. you said, this shit is too bad. I do know that there are people trying to fight this stuff tooth and nail to make a change. But, you know, it's just uh, at the moment, they're not succeeding. Things are they're being blocked at every turn. So that's just... Uh, I, I personally, like I said, I don't have much more to say about it, but I do want to try to, as the future goes on, if I can, if I can find some way to help, in whatever way, I'm going to try to start looking for those kinds of things. But you know, also, was, just oh, sorry. I was just I was talking to Chris, you know, Barreras, and and then I was talking to my my wife was born in Laos, you know, like she she's a refugee from Laos to America. And talking to, to my friend Ova, the same thing. And I I think it's actually like the the you know, like you're if you're like a woke, no, no, I don't want to say woke, but like liberal white guy who like thinks you're uh enlightened about things, you still like this is part of the white privilege. Like there's still so much American exceptionalism, like programming that even though I, I know how bad things are and I try to be aware of it, I think there's still part of me that like has a lot of hope and pride in the country deep down and that like thinks things are gonna turn around, you know? So when that stuff happens, it's almost like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's revealing to me how much denial that I was living it, you know? Cause it just rips the mask off and you're like, you know, my wife's like, they got to go back to school for the next two weeks. They got to finish their, their years. They got to finish their grades. They got to get their credits. And I was like, why? Why? Who cares? Who cares about school? Who cares about money? Who cares about anything besides their safety? Like that, the country doesn't work if you cannot provide your citizens with safety. So it, it just starts to rip apart the very fabric of life and you're just like why am i living here this is this is like you guys have you guys have fucked up the deal <laughs> you know like i go i work 
and I, I work my ass off to make money, to pay you taxes, to live here. Like it, it, we're all doing something here. It's not just a one-sided relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And we're all living together in this, in this world, in this society and looking out for each other. Like it just bothers me. I just feel like I could feel it with fucking white people that like it, the, the, the fact that the kids, you know, that, that, that it is a, a Latino school the Buffalo is African-American. I just, I don't feel like there's this, like the, the real sense of like country They're They're your brothers, you know, yeah. they're your and, kids. Yeah. And, and I think sadly, you know, some, several people, many people have said this before, but, you know, sadly it felt like the gun, the gun control issue was over with Sandy Hook, you know, and that was, you know, the typical uh, all, all American white picket fence, you know, Connecticut, you know? So, you know, I think it was sad that, after all these fucking years, you know, you okay, that Taliban, all, all of them, all of them, you know, it, it, it. I think it even proved back then that it's not really well. It would, no, it would have mattered to people. That was the end of the debate in a lot of ways, yeah. like that yeah. to me. And and I had a similar meltdown, you know, because my firstborn was in preschool at the time, a Sandy Hook, and it, that that really threw me for about a year of just feeling like this, and uh, and you know, and you harden back up and. You know, I, I don't know if it's beneficial or not, but I do every time there's one of these terrible things, I do like, like, not like, but I do see, search out the victims and try to read up about them and like try to mourn them. And I think, I think it's important. And yeah. I, I think when you see people that are just like, this is the cost of our freedom, this is the cost of my gun, it's just, I just, that's inhumane. I don't get it. And especially compounding, not just the murders themselves over the years but more, even more recently now with the COVID situation people the mask as you said the mask off people simply don't care about don't care. people's safety so that's it and and you know and but even well not but right, it's just uh mentioned the hope i don't know if the hope is the right word but I, I didn't know i don't know what the hope is i don't know what the word is it's got a still going on you know like um still still graduating school still uh Still trying to get to work, trying to do better. Um, and, and that's a good question. You pose a great question to whatever. Well, for what? You know? Um, I don't know. I, 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 and part of this is because um, I think some of the thing that you're feeling now is some of the stuff that, as you mentioned, like, you know, maybe your wife or people from other places or have had different experiences. Right. Kind of so, I mean, felt- like, like you, you, you've looked at police before and felt something different than I have. But when yeah. I see like, wait, police not helping people. Yeah. It, it's <laughs> so like that, that, that totally hiccups my brain. And even though I'm, I try not to be, you know, uh, I try to think outside of myself. It still was, it was incredibly shocking. And yeah. uh, it felt like a real betrayal of the entire American but because even then, well, I I know details are coming out about the specifics. But even then, even if you were to take into the content, oh, you know, police suck or whatever, or whatever, whatever, you know, like, the fact that in this particular situation, what, we, what we're hearing so far, allegedly, you know, like they didn't even try, you know, that shit is fucking. As individuals, as humans, those people, not even cops, just as people, to not try to help other people, that and added to, onto the fact that they are duty bound to do so, it's a fucking failure all around. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the story just keeps getting worse, and yeah. I, I have like real fears that it's going to continue, and because they've changed their story so many times. Yeah, 
I'm not going to speculate, but it's just been uh, horrifying. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, well, oh, I, don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have any like turn the page positivity things. Uh, like, like you're saying, there are people that are fighting the good fight and, um, and, and there, it does seem like there's some push, you know, there, I was even thinking about, you know, when, when Trump was in power, there was like almost more unity on our side, as far as like where we were. And right now it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're coalesced and the, the Dem leadership has been really disappointing in, in a lot of different ways. And I, I just wish everyone could just focus on dismantling the NRA right now. Like, like that, it would be great to just put all of our power into one thing and have that one fucking evil lobby terrorist organization wiped off the face of the earth. That would be like, if we could get one thing done, Jesus Christ, let's do that. And you know, we went, well, to, well, we, we talked about warnings or whatever. So without getting to like uh, illegal, <laughs> illegal, illegal hate speech, well, you know, like, like somebody, my friend mentioned, uh, Aaron, he was like, you know, if what happens if like somebody shoots up with one of these uh, conventions or shoot an array of conventions or, you know, GOP, GOP conventions, what if somebody goes and shoots that place up, then what's going to happen? And then, and then they kind of, kind of get the feeling the answer is nothing. Cause even, you know, like I said, from Sandy Hook to this, to that they would still cling on to this no matter what. Because even they bore a uh, fucking American sniper, Chris Kyle, got bodied. They didn't say shit, you know. So it's like you know, they, 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 at the end of the day, it's just their their own, their own little cadre of people that to care themselves. Oh, I mean, but, the literal their yeah. literal base came to to murder them, and the Republicans yeah. still don't fucking get what yeah. they're dealing with. It's insane. Like, <laughs> I, like I, I yeah, I, I'm not sure what. They have to actually be successful at hanging Mike Pence next time, and then maybe we'll get something done. Is that too far? Is that that? I'm saying that was on their it's side. Fine. It's <laughs> fine. You're good. I am um, obviously. Look, I've let you guys talk because I have to be very delicate about what I say, given what I do. But I, I do. I don't want people listening to think that. I'm just like fucking off while you guys are talking here. You know, I, no, no, you're a great listener and, and I um, appreciate what you did. I, uh, we're trying, I promise. I, I, I know, I know, I know, ACAB, I know that, that, that there's so many bad things in law enforcement and so many bad people, uh, but we're trying. I, that's, that's all I can say is, is we are, trying um but it is it it is a fucking just uphill battle um you know one of the things that i know for a fact is that uh you know there is a federal regulation that if you're convicted of a domestic violence offense at least certain dv offenses you are a restricted person and are not allowed to own a firearm and dv is in fact a great predictor not a great but it is a solid predictor for future violence and that works. That that law works. That law saves people's lives. Um, I didn't wade into too much this week, except when fucking Lauren Brobert said you can't legislate evil. And I went fucking apoplectic because that's what we fucking do. The entire criminal justice system is built around legislating away evil. We have 
the ability to fucking do that. You just have to give us the tools. And the tools aren't militarized police or armed teachers. The tools are gun control and social services. You give me those, I can change the fucking world. I promise I can. The entire concept in, there's this entire concept in prosecution that is taking hold of restorative justice and rethinking how we do criminal law. And as a prosecutor in Utah, I am on an island alone in believing in that, but I believe in it. You give us the tools. We can make this world a better fucking place. The assholes in charge are not giving us the tools. Um, And that is the thing that has really, because I understand every day I go to work, I am making an ethical decision. I am, uh, you know, Vice, you've talked about this a lot, being in the military, right? I'm that now. I am supporting a system that is destroying, literally destroying people that I care about. Um, But I, I just, I fucking have to believe that I am better in that system trying to make a difference than not. And I'm probably wrong. And I'm probably just, you know, helping burn it all down. But uh, if I don't believe that, I, I don't get out of bed. Man, I don't, I just, I, I, I walk in front of the nearest bus coming down the street. So I, I don't have anything else to add other than everybody listening. Like, we love you all. Please take care of one another. Um, the, all we've got is each other. Um, and that's, that's all we can do. Hug your kids, hug your significant others. Love your parents. Just, uh, I mean, even if they suck, at least give a little bit of love for them. Um, but most importantly, just take care of one another. Um, I, uh, well, I, I, sorry, go ahead. I want to add that to that point. You know, um, the, well, the, the, there are avenues of ways we can go forward. Um, you know, I, I've been reading and seeing a lot about the community, local community services and how they help each other. Like even with the tragedy in Buffalo, you know, I, I was reading a big thing is that that community is so specific that they, the African American community there, has their own support network, and they, they need help, of course, they need funding, they need support um, from wherever they can get it. But they're taking a very personal, personalized approach to how they move forward, and I think that's something to, to think about uh, wherever you are. You know, you don't have to have experienced tragedy to. Um, you know, do do things locally in the community that can strengthen it. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have any specific like link or organization or anything like that, but you know, just uh, that's something to think about. Um, you know, to as we move try to try to move forward is uh, you know, if you know if these fucking policies are, or aren't going to change things, you know, and all we have is each other, then we can do so in an organized fashion or in, in, in a in a um intelligent fashion and try to try to get things is going at least where we are in our own homes and our own communities that's something to think about you know um as you try to like you know take the time and also take the time to mourn seriously truly mourn um because like i mentioned before we we haven't even got a chance to do it with covid so you can find that all with the with the shootings and everything we were just trudging along so it's it is really important to like well i guess that's maybe my last my last word is where this is um you know the, the memorial day 
it was never it was never meant to be about dead children but we had i think we should take whatever opportunity is given to us after all this time to properly mourn that is a human need we have to do this we can't ignore it we have to eat that sadness we have to go through it like we i think we've we haven't and we haven't been allowed to for so long so yeah like this you know like this is don't think of people listening don't think of this as a downer or as sad note this is something we, we need to do and we need to do it together this is why i'm really happy that well yeah i am i'm happy that i'm here my friends liam and mike to do this together that we have to do it so wherever you can find time in this holiday, you know, to enjoy it, enjoy your life that you have, but also know that the other things you need to do as well to keep going. And if having to, having to process that grief is part of it too. So don't be afraid to do that. Don't, 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 don't be afraid to fall into the despair. It's just a matter of knowing don't be stuck in it because we, we always, we always have since the dawn of time, since the first human raised arms against another, done so in, in rage, and then we had to deal with the grief afterwards. And we had to go. But don't be afraid to do that if we need it. So I think we'll, hopefully we can part of that for you as well. Um, I, oh, uh, oh. Sorry, sorry, go ahead, Vice. Well, I have one more thing to add about specifically for Memorial Day, but um, I think we should probably, before we go, close up on this, to this topic if you want. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I think that was well said. Um, I'm looking at Liam, and obviously he's filling it. Uh, so, um, yeah, just uh, hey, love everybody. Like, take care of yourselves. Um, I'm not even gonna have us do our normal signouts. Whatever, it feels gross. But Vice, what, what, what last thing did you want to say about oh. Memorial Day? Yeah. So, um. Just speaking of the morning process. Um, so, uh, as it happens, uh, 10 years ago, almost to the day, uh, May 28th, 2012, is when I lost a comrade. Uh, he died in Afghanistan. Um, so, I just want to give a quick uh, quick mention uh, for this day. So, uh, this is a dedication to Chief Warrant Officer 5, John Castle Pratt. He was a pilot within the Army. Uh, I, most of my career was in Army aviation. I was intelligence, but I did a lot of uh, work with aviators, helicopter pilots. Uh, so Chief Pratt, uh, along with his co-pilot, Captain John J. Brainerd, they died on May 2012, 28th, 2012 in Kabul, Afghanistan. A wound sustained from their AHC-4 Apache helicopter was shot down from enemy fire. Yeah, and I, I had, uh, Chief Pratt was uh, one of the, probably the most knowledgeable experts on Army aviation in the world. He was a master. Uh, he uh, was master instructor. Um, he was had ten thousand hours of flight. His career was qualified for an aircraft, and uh, he died uh, being shot down. Um, you know, doing his duty. Uh, and again, this is kind of uh, blackly comic, you know, or ironic. Thinking about you know, Maverick saving a day in a cockpit, you know, doing <laughs> cool shit. Um, but when you know of a real, a real true pilot. You know who um, unfortunately gave gave all the sacrifice. Um, but yeah, he was a such a learned, learned man, and he was a big part of uh, the field of aviation and uh, 
and our unit as a whole, but this is the 12th Cav, 12th, 12th Combat Aviation Brigade, um, while, we're, while, uh, while I was stationed in Germany during my Iraq tours. So yeah, so I want to um, give a good dedication to him. Um, you know, he was a great pilot, and a great man, and I was proud to uh, serve with him. Um, and you know, like I said, you know, um, but also trying to, uh, uh, as I am now in the civilian world, trying to process and move forward to do better here now with all of you. So um, yeah, that's my memorial dedication for him. And also, you know, like I said, please don't, please don't be afraid to take the count to grief, whoever it is you you may have lost or whatever people have lost here or around the world, wherever. Don't be afraid to do that. Yeah, so that's all. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna just end us here, uh, boys. I love you. I, I I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, take care of yourselves, everybody listening. Take care of everybody else, uh, and we will be back next week.